Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. again, we just want to be led by the Spirit, so whether or not it even gets to our teaching notes or whatever, it doesn't really matter. We just want God to be exalted and honored in this place. And that's what we're all about. Amen? In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 5, I like to do this every year. I believe it's helpful and important for us to do. We're talking about pressing toward the mark. Here the Apostle Paul gives them instructions, and here's what he says. Examine your neighbor. Examine your spouse. Examine that lady in the pink dress. I hope there's no pink dresses here this morning. <laughs> Examine who? Who? Okay, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Well, to do a self-examination means to do a thorough, detailed investigation of your life. Do we do that? When it comes to our spiritual lives, do we really take the time to do that. Where are we spiritually? How do we gauge that? So we can determine whether or not we're on the right course, heading in the right direction. You say, but I've been a Christian for 50 years. You could be a Christian for 50 years and still be a babe in Christ if you're not growing, if you're not developing. You realize that. I uh, know of some individuals that were told that... Um, Ever since they got out of high school, they haven't changed. They haven't matured. Still off doing all the crazy things that they did when they were in school and all that. You know them. There's one fellow I'm thinking about right now. He was just a, well, he was a mean individual. Always got in trouble. And when he got out of high school, he never changed. And always got in trouble. And went off and always did things like drink and drive and, and all that and blah, blah, blah. And of course... He died in a car accident after he was told, you're drunk, don't drive. If you're in your, you know, 20s, 30s, whatever, I think we need to you lose, use a little bit common sense and just say, I shouldn't be doing that. But sometimes too soon we grow old, too late we get wise. True? Well... How do I know I'm following the will of God for my life? How do I know I'm progressing in him? Well, what's the role model? Who's the example? Look at this verse in 1 John 2, 6. This is the verse that's always intrigued me over the years and, and really makes me think. 1 John 2 and verse 6. 
He that says he abides in him. Are you in him? Do you abide in him? On himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Wow. What a mandate. What a resolution to make. Do we look at the life of Christ and say, I'm walking even as he walked? Well, how did he walk? First, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, it says that he was obedient to the death of the cross. It said he humbled himself to leave his position in heaven to come to the earth. He walked in humility. He walked in obedience. And he walked in love. Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. How are we progressing in humility, obedience, and walking in the realm of love? Are we emulating his very life? Are we examining ourselves to be certain that we're motivated by the same love that motivated him, by the obedience that drove him to do everything that the Father asked him to do? And once again, this is something that we can only answer for ourselves. Now, I'm not really one into New Year's resolutions, and I'll tell you why. They're easy to make. They're not as easy to keep, right? Think about it. Someone that says, my New Year's resolution is to eat less and exercise more. And that lasts until probably the end of the month. And I like to tell them, make a better one, easier one to keep. You're going to eat more and exercise less. You'll keep that for the rest of the year. Am I right? Because it doesn't take much to do that, does it? No. So when it comes to making a resolution, what if we all made a resolution to walk even as he walked? And commit our, committing ourselves to see to it that we set guidelines for ourselves, our own conduct, character, behavior, attitudes, and that sort of thing, to see to it that I want to be molded into the image of Christ. I want him to live in me and through me in a dynamic way. So that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? Well, once again, it's not an easy resolution to make if you're going to make a resolution. It's going to be challenging. But yet we're not alone in this challenge. Before I even comment on that, look at this verse in uh, Philippians chapter 3. This is the Apostle Paul. This was his resolution, his self-examination of his own life. And imagine if Paul said this about himself, what should we be saying about ourselves? Talking about his credentials as a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, one who kept the law perfect, and so on, his education and all that. He says, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Whoa. Along with everything else I used to take credit for, himself. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus is my master firsthand, 
everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal or the prize where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Boy, we just read that right there. That'd be enough. Well, we did, so let's go home. (laughs) What's he talking about? You're Paul the Apostle. Come on, you're that man that's caught up to the high heavens and, and all that, and you're not there yet? Where does that leave us? What he's saying is this, we're all in Christ, and we're all equal in Christ. And every one of us should be motivated by the same motivation. I want to know him intimately, personally. I want to walk with him. I want him to live through me, in me and through me. I want to know the power of his resurrection. If need be, experience his suffering. The fellowship of his suffering means persecution uh, for being on fire for God and for living right for God. I want that. I want to experience those wonderful words when I leave this realm of life. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What about you? So as we set out for this brand new year, and we should only do it for ourselves, take a spiritual inventory. Find out where you're at spiritually. And there's some things we're going to have to let go of and and that sort of thing, and some things we're going to have to reach toward and for. But you know what? Place that on yourself, not somebody else. Examine yourself, your own heart and motives. You know, that's why we always need to meet like this, so we can encourage one another, help one another, lift up one another. And also, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You need to hear the Word of God all the time. That's how faith comes. doesn't come by having heard. You heard that yesterday. It doesn't matter. You know, you've you got to hear it all the time, and so do I. Well, the Apostle Paul made these statements. Number one, the goal cannot be reached in this life. That's something to consider. You realize that? We can't reach the goal in this life because the goal is a glorified body one day. Your spirit, soul, and body united together as one, completely glorified. So you can't reach that while you're living this life. But when you realize and recognize the fact that this is the trip along the way, then what you do is you put on yourself convictions that you're going to carry out. You draw lines in the sand that you're not going to cross over. You're going to make decisions that are going to glorify God in your life. Why? Because you see, this never ends. Not on this side of heaven. It ends in your death and departure from this realm of life. Paul said, I finished my course. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. 
In other words, he kept on moving toward, toward the goal. So the goal in, let's say, Olympic running is to cross that line. Well, to cross that line on the other side of that line is eternal glory. So we're heading toward the goal constantly on a consistent basis. Every single day we're to live our lives in such a way so as to glorify God. Now, some things have got to be forgotten. Forgotten. The things that are bad. Poor decisions that we make. Any, any of you ever make a poor decision since you've been saved? One or two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any past failures? One or two? Past failures could be sins. Can, if you have sinned and we confess them, you know, we move on from them. We forget them and put them in a sea of forgetfulness. Some things have got to be forgotten. So let's forget about the, let's say, the failures and the sins and the things that we've done in the past that try to hold us down. We can't bring them into the future. So leave them in 2022 and start a brand new in 2023 and start a brand new year in which you're going to live to glorify God. Also, some good things. We can't rest on our laurels and bask, let's say, in the memories of past victories in our lives. We thank God for them. But laurel, he's, every, that expression, where does that come from? Resting in our laurels. They used to make the wreaths that the Olympic runners, when they won the race, they would make the crown out of these laurel leaves. And so it marked that they were a champion. They triumphed. They were victorious. How many of you know that the Steelers of the 70s are not the Steelers of today? Don't even go there with the Browns, okay? <laughs> the Browns of the 60s. <laughs> They're resting in their laurels. And last championship was 1964 when they beat the Colts 27 to nothing. Well, the Steelers, they have all their gold and all that and all their championships and all that. But guess what? You can't rest in your laurels. And the reason why I never rubbed in when, when my team defeats another team because I know it's going to happen the other way around eventually, because it can't be that way forever. Can you see that? We may, may have won some victories in the past, and we thank God for the victories that we've won, uh, got through a lot of difficult things, but you know what? We've still got to go forward, and you're still going to be challenged. You know why? Because Jesus himself was challenged by the devil in the wilderness, and what happened? He rebuked him in spirit, soul, and body. He rebuked him all three times and was victorious, and the Bible says the devil left him looking for a more opportune time to come back. He's not going to leave you alone. The devil, the world, and the flesh will never leave you alone. It's just a fact. So we're moving forward, and we continue to do so. Put the past behind us, whether it's good or bad, and just say, I'm moving on with God. Completely cleansed by the precious blood. Some things have got to be released. Look in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 8. Here the Apostle Paul, beware lest any man spoil you through, look at these things, philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Philosophies just stand for the wisdom of men. Man has his own philosophy, he has his own ideas and all that. And it, it really sometimes just puzzles me and amazes me when I hear someone quote this one and this philosopher and that one and that philosopher. Well, guess what? I'd rather quote Jesus. Because, you see, the philosopher thinks he knows what he's talking about. But Jesus knows what he's talking about. Right? He knows. 
And so what was happening, these people were bringing their, their human philosophies and trying to do what to these people? Convince them that this is true or that is true. And Paul's saying, set that aside. And then we'll look at the next one. Vain deceit are messages that are slick and tricky. They try to trick people into doing different things. Next one. Traditions of men. Long-held uh, traditions. Human beliefs that they had. It doesn't matter how long it's been held. If it's not the Bible, it's not truth. If it's not the Word of God, it's not truth. Right? And then you got the last one, rudiments of the world, messages that really tickle people's ears. I once heard a preacher say, I'm not called to preach against sin. He couldn't hear me because it was on TV. I wanted to say, well, then you're not called to preach the Bible. Come on, can you say amen? amen. We've been redeemed, and I know that. We're washed in the blood, and I know that. But still, we're told to sin not. Right? Be angry. Sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Right? So we need to address sin. Wouldn't you say that to be true? Absolutely. That's not guilt. That's not condemnation. That's biblical truth. Praise God. So we can preach the truth in love and help people grow in Christ. And that's what we should be doing. Now, when it comes to foolish demands, look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So don't let anybody judge you as to what you're going to be doing. Look at verse 21 to 23, then we'll comment. Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the life. He, what he's trying to say is Christianity is not, does not consist in keeping uh, external man-made rituals and laws and all that. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. Are you glad that Jesus fulfilled the law for you? And when we walk in love, we fulfill the law as well. But the point is, when people start putting all these demands, then all these external things to get people to think that's how you get saved, that's not how you get saved. You get saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You get saved by faith, by grace through faith. And that's how you get saved. And then once you get saved, you start walking in the light of what you know in Christ. And then all those things will obviously be overcome. But our walk with God is about a personal faith that we have in Jesus Christ, a personal relationship that we have with him. And we live our lives in such a way so as to allow him to live through us, in us, and through us. That's what the Christian walk in life is all about. Now, do we have commandments given to us? Yes, we can understand what they are and know them and walk by them. But they don't save us. Keeping them don't save us. But praise God, once you're saved, you'll want to keep them. That's the proper way to look at it. Are you saved by grace through faith? Then don't you want to keep the laws and commandments of God? Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And he that loves me not doesn't keep my commandments. Right? So what do we do? We judge ourselves. Anything that's not of faith is what? Sin. Anything that's not of faith is sin. So don't we want to polish our faith walk and live a life of faith in God? Okay. Uh, some things need to be remembered. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 3. This is from the King James Version, thir 13 through 15. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this even unto you. So what should we remember? There's a prize to be had. 
there's a prize to be had. You're not living this life without a goal in mind, without a prize to be had. Anything and everything that you and I do for Christ will be rewarded on the other side. And we need to recognize that. Why does that runner keep running? Because there's a goal. There's a finish line. Paul says, I have finished my course. I've run a good race. I've kept the faith. I fulfilled what God's called me to do. So we don't stop. We don't retire. We refire. And every day we live our lives in such a way so as to please God. And so we're always pressing toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if we lose sight of that, the end of it all, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Then, servant, then all, what we'll do is here on this side, feel as though that we've um, arrived, we've given up because, you know, we, we, we've done it all. No, no, there's so much more to be had in Christ. Like an Olympian runner, what we do is stay focused. We've got a prize. So if you're planning on giving up, don't. Don't. If you think that it's too difficult, it's not. And you're going to see why in just a moment. Because you're not alone in this. You've got help in this. But something to be reached for. There's something to be remembered when it comes to the finished work of Christ also. You know, in Christ, there is a death. There is a deposit. And there is a dream. Look at Colossians chapter 3. There was a death, a deposit, and a dream. If you then be risen with Christ, cease those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are what? You're what? Dead. Say it again. Dead. I'm dead. Boy, that doesn't sound good. I'm dead. What? Paul said, I was crucified with Christ, but I still live. But not me. Christ lives in me. There is a death, and that death is to self. We're to consider ourselves dead. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, you see, there is a deposit. There is a deposit in you and in me of the life of Christ. We're dead. Say it with me. I'm dead. I'm, dead. I'm alive in Christ. Oh, what a distinct difference that is. I'm alive in Christ. Well, then when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. There's your dream. There's a death. There's a deposit. And there's a dream. Are, do you dream about that? You know, oftentimes, I know you hear me say this all the time. I, I pray that you don't get bored with me saying this. But, Andrew... As recent as last night, dreams about being with Jesus in heaven. Every day, 10 times a day, Dad, I love Jesus so much. I know you do, son. I can't wait to be with him again. I know, I know. I, 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 I'm, I know I can't relate to being there. I know that you were there. He said, but Dad, it's so wonderful. You don't understand Heaven smells so good. It's like a smell I've never smelled here on earth. The colors are beautiful and brighter. And he goes on and on. I just can't wait to be with him again. The dream. 
And that's our dream, isn't it? That's our goal, is to walk with Him and to be with Him. So we're dead to self. We're alive in Christ. We have a deposit of His life in us. Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory, so that when He appears, we'll appear with Him in glory. There's the dream that we all have, the goal, crossing the finish line. That's why Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And now there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness. I've kept the faith. See, we need to start a new year this way. I am so on fire for the dream to be fulfilled that I am committed in my life to let Christ live in me and let him walk in me and I walk in him. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? And what I mean by you're not alone, as we enter into this new year, and I'll close with this. The Bible teaches us, if you'll study this out, you'll see it to be true. We can give you a scripture for every one of these. You're not alone. God's got your back, and God's got you covered. Are you ready for it? Yes. He is with you. He is in you. He is for you. He is upon you. He is beside you. He is before you. He is behind you and beneath you. Amen. Beneath you are his everlasting arms. If God be for us, who could be against us? Christ in you. See, he's in us. He's for us. He's in us. Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. And the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and power will be given to you. See, he's upon us. So he's with us, for us, in us, and upon us. And then he's beside us. He's before us. He's got our back. He's our rear guard. Isaiah 52 and 12. And then he, uh, he, he goes beneath us in everlasting arms so the point is as we enter this new year we're dead get your eyes off yourself get my eyes off of myself why i'm dead my life is hid with christ in god get our eyes on who we are in christ and what we have in him and recognize he'll never leave us nor forsake us that we can boldly say he's our helper he's your helper let the dream be fulfilled in your life. Once again, what I want more than anything else in this upcoming year, people keep saying the revival is coming. No, I want revival now. I'm not waiting for it to come. I'm revived. I'm revived. I want God. I want God in this place. I want us to live by faith. Not our faith, but the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. We're going to begin this new year celebrating the goodness of God. This is the goodness of God. Wrapped up into this supper is everything of our redemption. It's the goodness of God. It's the greatness of God. It's the power of God. It's the faith of God. It's the righteousness of God. It's the integrity of God. It's all wrapped up right here. And you know what he wants us to do? Believe it. Do you realize there's power in this uh, Lord's Supper? To 
save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to bring a breakthrough in anybody's life. It's all wrapped up right here. This is God's integrity right here. When Isaiah, I'm sorry, when Abraham said to the Lord, how do I know I can trust you? He cut the covenant with him, killed these animals, and did a, the walk of blood. And when he did the walk of blood, he revealed to Abraham, you can trust me. You see, because once one enters a covenant relationship, it cannot be altered or broken in any way. Any statement has to be fulfilled. Just like a contract that you might have with a company that you work for. They stand behind it because it was ratified. Everybody agreed upon it. It has to be true. It has to be fulfilled. Before he made promises and statements of fact to any, every one of us, the Father and the Son got together and they negotiated the covenant. Once it was established and the blood was shed and applied and accepted, it's in force. In this Lord's Supper, there's salvation, healing, deliverance, wholeness, protection, preservation, the list goes on and on. So let's stand together.